Hello, and welcome to the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I am Chris, and it is the season three finale of Horror House. Here we are. Dave, tell yeah. the people, tell the good people, what fucking gold we're talking about today. Uh, this is our season three Ramiro, and it's Day of the Dead. You know, we're bringing you yes. all of the... So it's time. It's n- time. Ni- I'm so excited. 1985. So this was was a, a wonderful time in life. It and you can relive it whenever you watch Dr. Tongue come out when his all goryness greatness. Um but first, uh for for the last time of the of the season, Dave. Uh, if people want to tell you their thoughts and how great and amazing and wonderful Day of the Dead is, uh, where can they do that at? Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Sweetness1 or at Horrorhouse2 because there are two of us. You can email us horrorhousepodcast at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us on the Horrorhouse Facebook page. Uh, if you'd like, you could leave us a voicemail. That way we get to hear your voice for a change. And if you do that, please just let us know if you're okay with us putting your voice on the air. You never know. We could make you a star. You can do that on anchor.fm forward slash horrorhouse. You can rate us on whatever platform you're listening to. Spotify, Ten out of Apple five. Podcasts, whatever you want to... Whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to rate us, it's fine. Uh, preferably the most ratings, you know. Give um, us give us those spicy ratings. Yeah. Uh, please do that, and please spread the Horror House word. If you have a friend that's into horror, load us up on your phone, throw it, throw it straight at their, at their faces. Throw it at your friend. And get the word out there. Because we will be back after this uh, season. Uh, for season four, who knows what we're even going to do. I think we talked about kidnapping a ghost at one point, so I'm looking forward to that. I've got my kidnapping shoes. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, is that, that maybe important for ghost napping? I don't, I, I, I've not, I've not read up on it yet. I'm a squatcher, not a, uh, grosper. Did I, you hear I, about the kidnapping at the uh, North Vernon Elementary School the other day? He uh, woke up okay. What? <laughs> there was a kid napping. It's okay. He woke up. Oh. I Right over my head. You wished me. <laughs> it, was, you wished it, was, me. It, was, it was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, so, what have you been watching this, this last week, Dave? What's been uh, on well, the schedule? So, um... We are uh, just a day behind on Moon Knight, Same. but I got the hankering for a little bit more Ethan Hawke in my life, so I watched Daybreakers the other day, um, the vampire movie where you know he helps the humans and he's trying to develop the um, synthetic blood. That seems to be, you know, there was a, a thing, whole thing with between Blade and that, and you know, uh, True Blood wasn't True Blood on HBO about uh, synthetic blood product and stuff like that. Today, I did watch 
um, Galaxy of Terror, which is insanely terrible, <laughs> but it does feature a little guy that goes on to play Freddy Krueger. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was neat in that respect. Some of the stuff is, is crazy. Like the, they're going to fly a rescue mission to another planet. Like nobody even has met the new pilot yet. And then she decides she's going to take off through like intergalactic space before even anyone's even in their seats. Cause she's, she's a, you know, grab life by the, the cojones type of girl. And um, England is forced to sit in one of the girls' lap so he so she can hold him, and she like wraps her legs around him and holds him because he can't get to his seat to get seat belted in. It's it's totally dumb and stupid, but it's it's uh, an entertaining laugh. And then Chris okay. teased you a little bit. We watched a little a new movie um i think it's going to be a cult type of movie starring a, a little lady you might know named jamie lee curtis I, as a yes as a pudgy hair what? thinning what uh middle-aged irs agent that what? does not wear a bra uh what? part-time villain uh, it's the movie is everything everywhere all at once and I, what surprised me the most is that it was a a Russo Brothers movie. I really I didn't know that till afterwards that the Russo Brothers did this movie. And I was going crazy. I was like, "Oh my god, that was a Russo Brothers movie?" And still and Jackie were like, "Who who are the Russo Brothers?" I was like, "Fucking Marvel Endgame, you know, Avengers Endgame and Cap, Winter Soldier." Yeah, I mean, you know, he or Civil and, War or both. They've done a shit ton of Marvel, I think. Yes, yeah, they've been everywhere. They're not the Russo brothers anymore. They're the Marvel Marvel Bros, Super Marvel Bros. But everything everywhere all at once. It it's so weird. It's so quirky. There's some there's good action. There's good humor. It's it's heartfelt. I will fight you in the street if you say I cried during the movie. Um But I'm afraid but you're gonna do that anyway. So by the anyway. It is um Spoiler alert, but well-meaning warning to parents who go to movies with your children. There is some cool kung fu in this movie, including one part that I really liked that Stella said totally reminded her of me was when Short Round, yes, Short Round from Temple of Doom, uh uses a fanny pack to kick the shit out of two cops, maybe three cops. Um, but there's also a part later, and we're watching this with our teenage daughter, where the, the antagonist kicks the shit out of a cop using two giant dildos that are like three <laughs> feet long, and... Bainy and as realistic looking of a dildo as they could get. And she beats the shit out of a cop with two these two dildos. And there are some parts I'd rather not have like watched sitting next to my teenage daughter. But right. overall, the movie is really good. 
I really, really liked it. Really nice. liked it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. From what I know of this movie, it sounds like literally everything all at once. What I've been told so far. And everywhere, all at once. Uh, except in uh, on my TV, which it's it's not been there yet. So it can't be everywhere. So I feel like you should get some money back, I would say. I, I, I demand a refund. It's, it's not on the Christmas TV. Super, Super Marvel Brothers need to uh, rectify this mistake. Uh, they can come on the show next season. Um, have, Holy uh, shit. Have your people contact Holy us. Holy uh, shit. We're, so, we're our own people. So, uh, yeah. Chris, this is a movie about the multiverse. What if this multiverse movie fits into the MCU multiverse in some way? I, I, let's let's do it. Let's do it. What if it was a secret Marvel movie? Could that be a thing? It might be. It might be a secret Marvel Home Alone movie. Oh, that would really up the ante. But will it ever squeeze into the Davaverse? Because that's what really counts. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to shoehorn that bitch in there. It'll take a crowbar and a lot of lube, but I think I can get it into the Davaverse. I have all the faith in the world. Uh, Chris, besides wrestling, what have you been watching this week? Uh, not a whole lot as usual. I swear two weeks ago, I had this, this bug where I was like, I'm going to watch so many fucking movies. I'm going to impress everybody. It's going to be like, Holy shit. Shut up about all these things you watched. And it, it, it didn't, I didn't, um, I still have not. Uh, but I did, I started to rewatch Full Metal Jacket, which isn't any, oh. I mean, there's some, there's some kind of gore in there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I love that. It's, I love that fucking movie, man. It switches though. Like, you know, once they're out of boot camp, I don't know that I've ever watched the end of that movie. The oh, first yeah? part of it is just so, God damn, that first section of the movie just feels kind of, to me kind of detached from the rest of it. And it's hard yes, to continue yes. on after that. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's a huge shift. You could almost yeah. break that up into two different movies. Yeah. Um, and still, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I've watched it through at least once, but I mean, once it gets past the boot camp, I kind of, uh, I won't be, I won't be, I won't lie. I kind of lose interest a little bit. Um, but Hey, little bit of gore in there. Some uh, we're, we've got the man to talk about tonight, Mr. Savini, who's uh, renowned for his uh, shock, uh, his uh, you know bullets and squibs and shit. Uh, there was a little bit of that. Um, Not, yep. And think- Kubrick, who I'm, I'd really like to do a specific Kubrick movie at some time. Oh, I uh, eyes wide shut. Open wide, oh. open thighs wide, close. Well, I don't remember that. <laughs> not, not. A, it's not a Tom Cruise vehicle. Ah. Well, count me out. I got. I, that's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, but I think I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I th- I think it's uh yeah I think I agree uh. That may be a season four thing to do. Um, in the meantime, I think it is time that we. D- 
leave the dawn and go right into the day of the dead and get get this ad out of the way and let's talk about some Romero again. Let's get to the opening of this movie. The they're in the uh well the pre-opening, the cold open. When she's right. in the room, the calendar, the even that image in the calendar is um I I paused it twice this week. So I could just really peruse that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot to it. It's just a pumpkin field, but there's something about it that is very unnerving to me. And I don't know if it's because I associate that image with this movie and with horror. Um, but I, I did that because the first time I watched it through this week for this show specifically, I thought I glimpsed a, a figure in the pumpkin patch. That I thought, oh. what was that a zombie? I don't think it was. It's just kind of a. I don't even know what it was, but I. Trick of the eye. I, I, uh, your eyes playing tricks on you. Uh, it, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe. Um, there was at least one night in the last couple of weeks that I was pretty trash. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah. I mean, it. it I didn't really discern anything when i paused it and looked at it but it, it's a creepy image yeah um, i just uh i'm have uh the movie play next to me and i'm kind of a little bit further in but they i just saw as you were talking about it the, that calendar and i was looking at it and i was like there is something just kind of i, I don't know if it's about if the pumpkin field is just kind of weird i mean i've not seen a lot of pumpkin fields i'll be honest but i don't know if it's something to do with that uh Maybe pumpkins just look different uh, in the mid eighties. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but um, it, it's pretty classic. I, I the acting when she when the hands come out and she turns around, it is it, so dramatic. It does it makes yeah. me chuckle every time. Uh, that's a aspect of the movie that I actually want to talk about a little bit. Um, and I think that has to do with Romero, especially the OG trilogy, Night and Dawn and Day. Uh, him getting a lot of theater people to, to f- especially for the leads of the movie, it seemed like. Um, and in this one, it's no different. Uh, Sarah, uh, Lori Car- Cardill? I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these names right, so forgive me. But I know she was. I know... Joe Pilato was mm-hmm. maybe Richard Liberty. He certainly could have been if he wanted to be. Um, but they certainly have just like this big, you know, like just over the topness to what they do, especially Joe Pilato. Holy shit. We'll get to him. Um, but there's, you know, that thing in theater where you have to project what you're doing to the, you know, Obviously, to the yep. front r- couple rows, it's going to be easy. You don't need big movements and big reactions and stuff for them. But, like, it gets lost the further you get into the rows, into the theater, right? So you got to be bigger, and you got to do bigger motions, and it's got to be... Yep. And you, I think you got to be seen from the back. Yeah, and I think uh, the way that these these dudes and dudettes had acted before played a part in the way that they 
And then uh, maybe to a lesser degree, the the ones before it, but certainly day, I feel like is is the the bigger one uh, where it's more apparent um, that kind of theater connection, that bigger over the topness in motions and just acting in general. So um, it it's also very the the opening there is the where it's most prevalent to me. And then anytime the soldiers are laughing, um, Steel <laughs> and, and the boys, it's, they're, it's maniacal. Their laugh is maniacal. Um, yeah. You know, but it, it, it doesn't take me out of the movie. It just makes me feel like they're already kind of losing it. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, God damn, I love, I mean, I don't know, maybe some of the side, kind of like more background soldiers, like, weren't, I mean, Greg Nicotero was one of them, um, like some of those guys like didn't have much of a presence, but I, you know, Steel especially, and what what was the, like kind of Steel's sidekick, I don't, I've never known that one's name, the one that gets his kind of forehead pulled off, um, um uh, Rickles, was that Rickles? Rickles, I I think that is. I'm kind of um, looking at the IMDb here. You almost killed Rickles. Yeah. <laughs> you almost fucking killed Rickles. Ah, I fucking love it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I think some of that theaterness kind of of the other actors kind of infected everybody else in a certain to a certain mm-hmm. degree. And I may be fucking crazy, but that's the kind of what I've uh my big takeaway from my watches this time. And I did watch a documentary that I hadn't seen before. That's not on any of my Blu-rays that I own. And I, I thought I had one of the most up to date one. So I don't know what I'm missing, but, uh, I learned a couple things that I, we will be talking about. Um, God damn, where else the, the opening, um, and then two, uh, in the helicopter into Florida, we get to see the, kind of like one of the bigger, like outdoor, more elaborate kind of zombie gatherings mm-hmm. in a Romero movie. I feel like, well, I mean the, I guess the mall was pretty big too, but this is like outdoors and like streets are shut down for the zombies and it feels desolate. I, and yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like it's in the United States. Even it feels like it's tropical and you yeah. kind of clued me into a little bit of the reason why there. Uh, we'll get in. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, we can talk about that, uh, off the top too. It kind of goes hand in hand with this where, uh, you know, some of this was shot in the mines in Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia. Um, and then that these exteriors and stuff were shot in Florida, somewhere in Florida. And you, you totally get that difference. <laughs> um, and, but even that it doesn't, I mean, I've not been to Florida, but I have some kind of idea that it's also still in the United States. This feels like kind of removed and kind of tropical or Caribbean. And that kind of plays a part in uh, John Harrison's score, which, you know, that documentary I was talking about. um, Some people do not like the score for this movie. They'll live and die by the Dawn of the Dead, uh, especially the zombie uh, European version. But this one is... Uh, I think there's a line in the sand and I was certainly on one side of it. I, to a degree, there are a couple sections I do like, but the thing is, uh, he was kind of operating on the fact of the original script, which 
had more above ground and more uh, in this kind of Florida environment. So he kind of like added this kind of tropical flavor, kind of still drummy sounding uh, synths to it. And Romero called them kind of bubbly. And I think that's the, the best uh, description I've ever heard of this soundtrack. Yes. Um, but what, what do you I, think of the soundtrack? Um, I, I'm kind of neutral. Um, it makes sense when you told me that, like I've, I had never, even this week, I, I kind of have slipped back into, if it's not like standing out to me, I'm not paying attention to the soundtrack where we, the last several weeks I've really made an effort to kind of focus on that soundtrack and sound right. design. And right. I really didn't do that this week. Except for uh, um, the scene where Miguel and Sarah are in their little dormitory and she hallucinates him rolling over and his guts spilling out. And I was kind of dozing off when that scene came on. And so the 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 kind of it's kind of a beeping type of going on. And I thought it was my damn phone. <laughs> so sorry. Um, sorry, Mr. Harrison, up a little bit. But, uh, uh... I, I really do like parts of it, um, but some parts just have never kind of sat right for me in a horror movie. I mean, it's not my favorite score, but hearing that uh, rationale behind it, I was like, I guess I can, I kind of see where he's coming from now, which is, uh, which is nice. And he does bring that, uh, that Dawn theme back at, at one point too, which was a, a cool little touch. Um, to kind of connect the, I think that's maybe one of the only connections uh, in any Romero movies was there's a couple in this one uh, with Dawn that just kind of subtle. I mean, uh, John Terry Alexander is called Flyboy a lot um, by yeah. Rhodes, uh, which is, I'm sure, not by mistake. <laughs> and I love that. And they mentioned the Do malls you- being closed at one point too, which is also. I'm sure not a mistake, not a, not an oversight on Romero's part. Um, this was, this was supposed to be Romero's big, this was his gone with the wind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this was his big dramatic, um, the, the art piece zombie film, if you will. Ben Hur with the zombies, Savini has called it so many times. And I'm like, I've never watched Ben Hur, but this, it seems like an epic kind of a movie. And I'm pretty sure that it is. Uh, so just to imagine, like, but he wanted to keep that, you know, he didn't want the rate, he wanted it to be unrated, which basically cost him half of his budget. Uh, which I wish, you know, it, in one of my movie wishes, if I could just give that extra money to Romero for for day, just to see what version we would have wound up with. Because I already love this one. Like, no, you don't have to wait for the overalls. I, I think it's already been stated. <laughs> but I love Day of the Dead. Um, but just, I wonder, I've always wondered, like, what would that version have looked like? I, I, I would have to guess there would just be... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, where would you add more to it? I'm not saying that it's not, that there's not little things you could do, but it's already so, it seems, it seems, it feels so big in scope at times. Yeah. But then when, when they're in the mine, it's, it also feels claustrophobic and dark. Agreed. Um, 
which was a kind of a criticism that some people had with it, apparently, which I never really understood. <laughs> and I watched the, so that doc that I watched had uh, Joe Pilato talking about how he'd watched uh, Siskel and Ebert review it. And I mean, you could kind of see a glimmer of, of light in his eyes and he's like, they, they mentioned like overacting and, and, and this, and he's like, my heart kind of dropped. And I was like, oh man, you, they don't understand. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert. Listen, I don't know if Siskel's dead. I know Ebert is, you know, RIP, but I don't like either one of you. I don't like your reviews. I think uh, you don't know what you're talking about for some things like this, especially day of the dead. And I have some notes, Dave, that I want to talk about, which, uh, Let's just get him out of the way real quick. Uh, he talks right, about, he talks about, uh, I'll just say both of them to get it kind of together. And we don't have to talk about one person's point over the other, whatever, um, a disappointment, especially after Dawn of the dead, it lacks the energy and anarchy of Dawn of the dead overacted, uh, speech making and recycled special effects. Uh, uh, an awful film mentions Don being in a shopping mall being a comment on shopping malls and with day being in a uh, quote unquote basement he guesses day is just a comment on basements ha 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 right what? Um, uh, the previous film Don had sympathetic characters day is filled with nastiness and hostility and anger among the humans who are fighting each other while the ghouls blah 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 those are the main points and how do you feel about these words, Dave? Because, oh boy. I, I, I wonder if he was just trying to make up for the fact that he might have actually scored a, a horror movie decently before. Because, I, I mean, traditionally <laughs> critics shit on horror movies. Uh-huh. That, you know, they don't, under, they don't understand us, horror fam. There's been they some don't. Ebert reviews where I was like, oh, wow. I, wow, I'm surprised... Like, you know, horror reviews, I mean, and uh -huh. obviously Day of the Dead is not one of them. I think on his website, it was a star and a half or two stars, maybe. It, 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 but watching that review, you can watch it on YouTube, everybody. It's like, what are you talking about? I mean, I, yeah. God damn. There's no are way. You <laughs> is he telling me Sarah's not relatable? Like, she's, she's strong, but also... She's at her breaking point. You can just Every, feel yeah. like she's she's bottling things up. She's strong, but she's at her breaking point. Yeah, Miguel is is a broken man from and, top to bottom, beginning to end, and, and can't like he can't admit that he's broken. Yeah, which makes it worse. Yeah, um, and the rest of the guys, you know, it, it's very. There's a lot of toxic man masculinity, which yep. I, I know that's fairly new. Um, but also, I disagree, and I, and I, I even tweeted this week about Captain Rhodes being such a good villain. But I, I really kind of exam. I, I have a problem with that. I, I know he's, I, I think antagonist. He's the antagonist, yes. But I, I shouldn't call him the villain because. At the end of the day, it's hard to argue that right. he's not right about a lot of things here. 
absolutely. I and that's this is the first time that I've rewatched it that I thought about that. Where it's like you know what? He kind I mean, he's going about it all wrong. Absolutely, but uh yes. is he wrong for being like why should we keep these fucking things next door to where we sleep? Like <laughs> Yeah. They they call um they called Dr. Matthew, Dr. Logan, um, uh, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, at first it's like, oh, you know, he's just a mad scientist. You're calling, you're, you're degrading him by calling him a mad scientist. But as you learn more, Dr. Logan is off his fucking rocker. Yeah. Um, a very smart so- man that is also very, very, uh, very broken himself in, uh, we listen to those tapes where he's, I don't even know how to describe I, him really. Like some I kind did. of, uh, I don't know. Exist. He's, he's having some kind of existential crisis. He's having, you know, nervous breakdowns or I, it's not, he's not good. He's not well. Yeah. He's not well. And um, since, since we're talking about the acting, uh, and I think, I don't know, I mean, like I said, a couple of the background soldiers, I could eh, upgrade or not, it, it, whatever. But, uh, Bub, Sherman Howard, who was credited as Howard Sherman in the movie, which I learned about later, his real name is Sherman Howard, and it's fucked me up for decades. I fucking don't know why he was listed as Howard Sherman, and that's what I learned and knew for so long, but it's actually Sherman Howard, and I... It's one of those things, like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. It's so hard to switch your brain to a different connection. <laughs> so if I say Howard Sherman or Sherman Howard, it's, I'm, I'm doing my best. I don't know what I'm going to call him. I'm just going to call him Bub. How about that? But his performance, I don't know. Like Flyboy uh, in, the, in Dawn of the Dead, I think is top three, one of the best zombies ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bub is, to me, Bub is number one. That will never be topped. No matter what happens, uh, it's just he's he's up there in that zombie echelon that just can't be touched. Uh, I think he's up there, and this was in that doc too. So I forget who mentioned. I think it was Romero that said he's he's up there with Karloff for me, and I that may be sacrilege to some Universal fans, Dave. You may be one of them, but I. Th- Above Freddy, above Jason, I would put Bub up there before them because that performance. No, I th- I think it's really good. Um, he, uh, Sherman, stopped short of playing Bub as a full retard, and right. um, I I think that's a good choice. You know that he's he's scary, but he's also sympathetic when he like picks up the razor and, and I mean, I, you, it's not just like he's going through the motions. I felt like you could really, which is surprising with all the prosthetic and all the makeup on his face, either that or Sherman's just a really ugly dude um, <laughs> right. that you, that you got these, this expression on his face of yeah. like, I kind of know what he, these things are. He played into that makeup in a way that I don't think people do like, are he 
just use them. Like the teeth, like made his mouth shaped a different way, you know, like mm-hmm. it just, and he played into that with the expressions of Bub. And like, you watch these behind the scenes things where he's talking about coming up with, uh, I think, I think he said that the, the Walkman part was kind of his idea because I guess Bub had originally a, a much smaller part in the film, but oh. like Romero was, was into the, what he was doing with it and wanted some more ideas. And I think he came up with, uh, that Walkman parts, like what would Bub, how would he Bub react if he listened to music? And that's very interesting. Um, I did hold back on you earlier, Chris, oh. on the what you doings. You watched Superboy starring Sherman Hargis, Lex Luthor. Uh, no, is that a damn thing? Uh, 1980s. I think he was. I think he was. I may be wrong. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to experiment. I'm going to uh, explore while you while you tell me. I watched uh Day of the Dead. Oh, Not no. Oh, the no. 1985. Oh no, Dave. Oh no. Day of the Dead. I watched the 2008 Day of the Dead. Which one um, was that? Was that the f- me, me, That's the one where one? Yeah, where they had um Oh. Mina Savari, Nick Cannon. Right. Um, Bub's a vegetarian, I think. Is that what you told me? Yes. It's Ving Rames as Captain Rhodes, who is, I, I, uh, I fully believe, the twin brother of Ving Rames from Dawn of the Dead. Um... But the zombies in that are like walking on the, like crawling on the ceiling, like Spider Man and shit. I think. Yeah, it, they, they're doing all kinds of weird shit. Uh, I my favorite line in it is when um, Steve Cannon gets a, a a stick, and they're like, "Oh, you got a spear." He's like, "A black man gets a stick, and it's got to be a spear." And then <laughs> later on, one of the zombies is coming, and he chucks it and just impales him. He's like, "Yeah, I got him with the fucking spear." Uh, so. I also, I didn't stop there, Chris. Um, I didn't stop there. I watched the other Day of the Dead. Um, uh, what was it? Was that Bloodlines? 2020? Or the series? No, the movie. Um, the one with the Joker um, zombie. Do you know which one I'm talking about? That- it, maybe it's... Is it the Bloodlines one? Day of the Dead Bloodline or Bloodlines? And yes, uh, Sherman Howard did play Lex Luthor in the uh, 80s Superboy TV show on Fox. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. Bloodline. Cool. Uh, 2017. That's the only other okay. one that I'm aware of. Oh, no, there was Contagium, which... I, wait, no. It, 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 Day of the Dead. Contagium. Contagion, sorry, Contagion, it sounds like. That was from 2005, and that one is like like no budget. No budget, nobody's... Uh, I don't know that I've ever watched that one. It's called Day of the Dead 2 Contagion. It's Contagion, with an M. Um, oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was being uh, dumb, but uh, yeah, my drunk brain was faster than my sober brain. Uh, yeah, 
I don't think I've ever watched that one. Uh, did, which, so did you watch the movie or did you watch the series? The, the latest movie. One? No, I, I need to watch the series. No, I have not I, watched a minute uh, of it. Yeah, I thought about watching some of it, but it's not anywhere for free right now. And I'm like, I'm not paying for that shit. I don't care if it's good or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I pay for enough streaming services. Yeah. I should be able to watch anything. Um, um, what did you think? Yes, of it that is one? the blood. It is. It was the day of the dead bloodline with the kid from the kid. He's way older than me. I'm sure. Um, uh, from, uh, that thing you do, he was the band leader in that one. Um, as bub kind of the bub ish, I guess he looks kind of bubbish, but like the, like a bub joker, like what you, yeah. Except he's not a vegetarian. He is he's not a, a vegetarian. He is. He is. Yeah. Sexual predator bub, which. Ugh. Not a, not as not as fun. Yeah. Um. It was it was it's super. It's super cheesy for one. Um. I, I skimmed if, if through you it once, but I didn't. Yeah. Everybody in it is either overacting or so subdued, like you wonder if they're still awake <laughs> as they're talking and acting on screen. Right. There's no real in between. Um, the the it, uh, the only reason to watch it is the the Joker zombie that that really is. Uh, he it. had an interesting look because I remember that coming up so much while it was uh being advertised when it was coming out or had just come out and seeing. I don't know if it was a trailer or just like a clip that kept popping up and with that smile that he would give, and mm-hmm. it's like that's unsettling, but then. Just, I remember watching parts of that movie and just being like, "No, it's another, it's another pass for me." <laughs> um, it, it's 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 really bad. It's it's if you're just desperate for a zombie movie you haven't watched, okay. But even then, it's just okay, just an okay option. Right? There's probably something else you haven't watched. But anyway. The Joker, I, I, the Joker is the comparison that I was, you know, or the thing I was breaking up. Uh-huh. I, he was he he was a really cool zombie. He was an intelligent zombie where the others did not seem to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was driven by lust. Or the main character Zoe, he interesting even idea. her name into his arm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just at one point he he uh, snaps the neck of another zombie and kills it. So he could take the little girl hostage, so he could uh, draw the one he's infatuated with out of hiding. So okay, yeah, it, he it's, just needed a different. better movie to be featured in. I think, right? I mean, because I mean, the look of him was interest interesting, and then the concept of him is interesting. I think as well, but. I just don't want to see the rest of the movie that he's surrounded by. <laughs> and I know the dude can yeah. act because that thing you do is one of my fucking favorite non-horror movies. I love that movie. Um, and he's great in it. Uh, but him, he is... was, he's, he's definitely the star, even over, uh, the main final girl, female, right. And her, her handsome boyfriend that survives. Well, spoiler alert. Cause she, cause she creates the vaccine and gives it to people within 10 minutes of getting a live sample of zombie, which is not how vaccines work, but you know, okay. Uh, 
I'm glad that you uh I'm glad you actually watched those. How uh do you think they hold any kind of a candle to the original? Like uh compare I mean, obviously De- Dawn of the Dead 2004 compared to the OG. Like it's its own thing, but it still is relatable to the original, but it's still it's one of those remakes that if somebody was to say, oh, I love this, the remake more than the original, I couldn't fault them too much. I think they're a little bit crazy, but okay. well, they're a lot crazy. I will still you, I can I, accept that. I, but if somebody was to be like, dude, Day of the Dead bloodline way better than 1985, I'd be like, get out, go. You will walk until I can't see you anymore. Get the fuck away from me is where I that would. that is how, you know, you're talking to a lizard person. <laughs> um, no, that would that would make no sense to me. Yeah, it just they d- you, uh, recommend or don't There's, recommend is well. I guess you kind of said like if you have no other zombie options, I'd, I'd rather watch um, Diary of the Dead if I was doing one of these. Like, oh yeah, there were so many that just played on this of the dead, and they just kept riding this coattail, and I. I kept fucking falling for it. I'm I'm at fault for this continuing on because um everyone that came out I I was like right, okay right. I, we didn't go to see them all but a lot of them were directed DVD anyway right right but um I, I rented every one because I was like oh it's the new Dawn of the Dead it's it's about time oh it's the new in the Day of the Dead line uh, it, you know, eventually the, it, one of them's going straight gold so um since we're here. Uh, I don't know if you have seen this or not, and I don't know if it's going to happen. IMDB says expected 2023, but Lori, um, Terry Alexander and, uh, what was his name in day of the dead? Uh, McDermott. Cause I can't pronounce his real name. The Irishman are in a night of the living dead Two that is supposed to come out next year. And there is some, some kind of promotional images. And some people are like, this is a day sequel. This is, I mean, they're going to be they're you know, characters from day. And I mean, looking at uh, the credits, that's not the case uh, at all. So uh, I don't know what to even think of, of this, uh, but these three I are think- the stars of this, uh, this thing uh clearly they have different names so yeah. clearly it's not the same people and uh i would humans, say it's a we're... rights issue uh, it would be a rights issue but the way that the owners of the day for uh trademark have just get, gave it away willy-nilly like just sold it for like shitty remakes i can't see why they wouldn't sell it for something called night of the living dead 2 so there's that. Yeah. Um, it's actually got the I, living I, dead. I don't know. I don't know more than what I've told you. Um, there's not a whole lot to go. There's off. not a whole lot here. I did. I pulled it up, but there's not a whole lot here. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated when we hear more. Um, if you hear anything before we tell you, uh, let us know. Um, Cause that will be, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe I uh, will see. <laughs> Uh, this production company seems like it's a brand new production company. They've they're uh, got four movies in production right now: uh, Cassandra, Kabinsky, Burn It Down, Target, which is a comedy, 
Crybaby Bridge. And then the Night of the Living Dead 2, which is it says is in pre-production. Yeah. Um, which could mean anything. Yeah. I mean, pre-production could be, we've got a title. And that's it. We're talking about yeah. other things, but that's where we're sitting right now. <laughs> uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, let's talk about, um, I do want to get to the nostalgia wing of the horror house uh, before we end for, for the evening. But uh, any other parts of the movie story wise or anything uh, that you want to touch on before we get, uh, get to that area. You had one thing you brought up. I don't know if you want to talk about it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, one thing in the story is not only, and, and I already said that Rose Rhodes actually makes good points. He's just an asshole about it. Uh, right. Yes. Um. You know, if he, he if he was one a little bit more sympathetic to people, then maybe you know they could have come around and been like, you know what, you're right. This is dangerous, and we're not getting anywhere. And let's quit trying to um, harvest these fucking zombies out of the mines. Right. But when um the zombie gets the gun and is coming after him before he meets his demise. It was was it Bub yeah, coming it was, after him I, with a pistol. Yeah, it was Bub. Coming after him with a pistol and he's got the assault rifle and you're the trained soldier. He's a goddamn zombie and he's getting shots off before you can I think, you know, in a certain way, I, I'm kind of sticking up for the film in that regard. But, like, you know, it just, I think, goes to show how inept Rhodes was. Like, he was big talk, but that was all Rhodes had. Like, once the once that was gone, it, there was nothing left for him. And so when it came to even a simple task like reloading his assault rifle to kill a zombie that was 15 feet away... He couldn't. He couldn't put out. He couldn't. He couldn't yeah, get it up. Yeah. <sighs> died. I think that's, died like. Died like a chump. Yeah, I think that's. God damn, Rhodes. Like I. Like I said, is my favorite movie villain, by a lot. By a lot. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. He's the most over top kind of asshole. His lines are so fucking memorable, though. He's spew, the venom he spews is the fucking best. And then the cherry on top of all of that is is his death, his dismemberment by the horde, right? And then, you know, mm -hmm. they're pulling him apart and the Pull story behind apart. that. And him screaming, choke on him. I do that whenever we're playing Battle Royales on the, you know, Call of Duty or whatever, Fortnite, whatever Battle Royale we're playing at the moment. Whenever somebody st is stealing our shit off our dead bodies, that's what I'm thinking. Sometimes I'm saying it, but I'm like, yeah, you fucking take that and you choke on him. <laughs> Yep. It doesn't get any better than that to me is his death. Um, that come up. It's finally Rhodes is dead. He's uh, bub shooting him and the horde and the, the oh God, the effects it's, it's movie magic to me. Um, I, um, the, the other thing I want to bring up, if we can move along is I'll the allow it. connection the connection with um, Ramiro and Stephen King 
that okay. I kind of started to read more about doing this. Of course, uh, just um, just before doing this, a couple years before doing this, they did Creep Show together, worked together yes. on Creep Show. Right. What I did not know is that the Stephen King story, Christine, the name of the car, Christine, is named after George Romero's daughter, and who is the casting director for Day of the Dead. That was his daughter? Yes. I know his wife. I thought it was his. Yeah, I know his wife's. Or his ex-wife, I think they got estranged at one point. I'm not even sure, but uh, was Chris I, Romero I, or Chris, I don't know. It was short for Christine. I think this was the daughter, though. I could I could have it backward mixed I know, up. You know, maybe if I know she was an actor in uh, in the, in uh, Land. Yes, yeah, and so and that's all. Yes, that's all I'm, I know I'm of the daughter. That she was she was casting for day. She was in Land. Um. Wow. But that. The, the inspiration for Christine and um, I, I guess, you know, um, King and Ramiro, one, they both seem like, like really solid kind of guys. Um, yeah. I love um, to listen to Romero talk about his movies. Like, I'm not super into, like, other directors' ideas and stuff, but, like, whenever he's talking, I'm just like, preach it, brother. I don't, I, this, this is great. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have Sarah played so strong, and she has even said, um, Lori has even said, you know, anytime she started to play it a little bit more emotional, that you know, Romero would pull her back and say, no, you know, you're you're the strong one. You have to you have to stay strong, and you and, know, and uh, there is that did, one moment. Um, I think after her and Miguel uh, kind of break apart for the mm-hmm. kind of last time is. I think that's when she kind of like breaks down and has like a good little bit of a cry. And that's the yep. only time in the movie where she like loses yep. her, allows herself to lose her shit. Yeah. And um, it, it's great. Yeah. Big props, big, big props to the characters of, uh, John Flyboy and McDermott who have their own little o- oasis there. One, Right on, my man. I'm, uh, you know, and two, Sarah is desperate, and she comes to him, and they have liquor. And guess what? Neither one like hit on her or turn it into something, you know, you know that it's not. They're just very, they're just friendly and welcoming and polite. Flyboy and- John is a little bit. Uh- He's always rubbed me a little bit weird in his, uh, as long as there's you and me, we can repopulate. We can make a whole, <laughs> and I'm like, man, you don't know. Hold on. That's, he's just from the island, man. He's They're just very sexual people. He's like, we'll make some babies, Sarah. And I'm like, dude, you don't know that. Come on. That's always, rubbed, uh, but you know. I'm okay. I, I took it as more lighthearted. I always yeah, took that as more I mean, lighthearted. They've never, yeah, I mean, in a certain way, like, uh, I I would think that Flyboy John and McDermott were kind of uh, batting for the other team, since they were off by themselves and kind of had their own thing. Like, maybe not, but, like, I would be more inclined to think maybe that, which uh, I don't know that I've seen any kind of theories. I mean... It doesn't really make matter one way or the other, but 
I mean, that's something that I always kind of got a little bit of a hint of a feeling towards. Other than the Sarah, we'll make some babies. <laughs> I'm like, why else would they be off by themselves like that? Well, they, they didn't want to be restricted, man. That's, um, that's true. That's true. Especially if, if McDermott is Irish, may, you know, is this a class thing? Is this a race thing? Because the Maybe. Irish were not considered white in in early American culture, you know? Right. When the Irish immigrants were treated poorly and, you know, you, you're not white, you're Irish, <laughs> you know? Um, um, all, all race is a social construct. It doesn't mean anything. And that is uh, not but, a but, uncommon thing for Romero to... Is that comment on on race and uh, mm-hmm. the 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 race, racial lines and stuff? Race and class. I mean, those things always come into play in his tales. And that so. that that would actually. Well, I mean, you could even uh, put uh, like a homosexual spin on that. Like they would be. I mean, I'm not saying that that is. It's just something that I've thought before. Um, but like you know. Poor people, like they're kind of cast aside too, like like the uh, McDermott and John. So, uh, and that kind and of fits. alligators, you know, they didn't save any alligators. They just left the alligators to live <laughs> amongst the zombies. That's that's... True. I gotta, I gotta admit, I am on the side of uh, no alligators. You know, I am not pro alligator myself. I cannot be all inclusive in that regard. I can't. Chris, I'm going to throw you in a room with a wild animal, either an alligator or a peacock. Which one are you going? Oh my God. Can I kill myself before I get thrown in the room? Can I just hold my breath till I die? Because that's what I'll no. try to do. No. If you held your breath till you passed out, <laughs> we would wait till you woke up through it. I'm sure I'll get some kind of brain damage if I keep doing that, though. So I, that's what I pick. I'm going to keep holding my breath until <laughs> brain damage, which is terrible, which is terrible. Um, so McDermott, I have to take a, a quick moment to talk about McDermott, who I must say I thought was Mr. Bean for several years. I thought he was Rowan Atkinson <laughs> for several years. <laughs> and you said tonight you thought he was... He... He looks like. Or not thought he was, he, but who he looks yeah, like. He looks. I didn't think he was my cousin. I knew my cousin, but right. <laughs> he looks like my cousin Kenny physically, especially when we were younger, and Kenny was just skinny as fuck and, and you know lanky and skinny and right. Yeah. Same you're, facial features. That same dark. You're watching you know, the dead, and you're like, "Is that my cousin Kenny?" Kenny? What the fuck? Oh my god. I yeah. I, okay, 80 85, we were like 11 years old. So he's not a So I've been like, not like a Kenny, four- how would <laughs> you be How are you a 40-year-old man on this mo- Hollywood movie? Um, he has one of the best lines too. Uh, maybe my favorite line out of all the Romero movies, which I I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't know the exact quote off the top of my head, but he's like I'm going to have to lay off the fucking booze still because there's not going to be fucking any of it fucking left. Yep. <laughs> My favorite line. I, uh, it was all worth it for that line. In my opinion, all the movies before, after, since it just, that line kills me every time. That is my favorite line in all these movies. Cause I, he I just, don't know how I'm, I, I don't know how I missed it earlier. Like previously when I watched it, but, 
um, above ground, one of the soldiers is growing weed. Yeah. So that I mean, when I whenever I rewatch the movie and see that kind of like little above ground glimpse we get, I'm always wondering about that original script, which I've never read. I. I would like to one day, but I'd like like a physical thing um, to to just like flip through rather than I just I don't know. Uh, so Romero estate like an OG script. Uh, I don't know if you're selling that, but that'd be something pretty rad to be selling. Uh, just saying. Um, but yeah, what could, what what could have been up there? Like what? Uh, it's curious. It's curious. Um, I want to get to the nostalgia wing, but is there, Dave, is there any other points you want to touch on story-wise? Oh, there is actually one thing that uh, I want to touch on story-wise before we leave. What about you? I don't want to hog the the audio too much. I feel like I have been. I, uh... no, no, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just want to say I, it's not, it wasn't Miguel's Miguel. It wasn't his fault that the goddamn leather collar on the zombie tore. Who is in charge of checking your goddamn equipment? Right. So that's it. What you got, man? Go ahead. uh, Well, let's talk about Miguel for a second, Um, because that's one of the questions that I've I've had about this movie is so him and Lori were supposed to have been some kind of a couple. Uh, I don't know to what degree. I mean, we're not given a whole lot of background on them. Uh, but you know, at the end, you know, they're estranged to to say the least. Um, he gets his arm bitten and then thusly, uh, removed by Sarah. Um, he comes to later and then basically unleashes the horde onto everybody that's in this underground base. And that's confused me a little bit because it's like listen you have sarah still down there you don't know that she's off in the tunnels you know zigzagging between you know the few that are still there what i mean i just couldn't see even if it was like an ex-girlfriend like immediately i wouldn't want to send the zombie horde immediately on her like that so i I, that is one thing that just kind of puzzles me still like i mean i guess he could be out of it a little bit but i mean I, I wish there was a dick move. It's a dick. Move. It, yeah. I mean, I wish there was a little more. I mean, he does seem like a dick anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is I, one yeah, thing. It's, that, I don't know how Lori and the, or uh, Sarah, Lori is the actor. I, I don't know how I may have been using Sarah interchangeably. <laughs> I, that's, that's uh, what I usually do. Um, for all, yeah, why was she with Miguel instead of John or McDermott or the the other sciencey guy? Yeah, because he he seemed awfully friendly. Yeah, what was uh he was the guy uh from I don't even know his name from Martin. Uh, I'll know it when I see it. Uh, John Atlas, I want to say. Um. He's been, he's, uh, been in John Amplis. There it is. He's been in a couple Romero things and he was in that doc too. Um, but like, why not those guys? Like, why is she with Miguel? Um, but I think that, you know, kind of comes into play in real life too. It's like, why is that chick with that guy? Why is it, you know, 
And then, you know, sometimes that kind of uh, relationship doesn't work and leads to just kind of terrible things, which uh, maybe that was a Romero uh, story thing as well. Uh, I would I would have loved to have asked him that. I guess we never know, like, how early after the shit hits the fan did they get together? Maybe at that time, Miguel wasn't a broken man. Maybe yeah. Maybe he was, you know, stronger than True. And he just reached his this point you know true but it, but it's very real for somebody to reach their breaking point and kind of never come back from it l- or or to lash out at the people that oh, they yeah, yeah. actually love or that love them and yeah. you know yeah so. yeah um and that was a thing that i kind of wondered uh watching it this time is like i i wish in a way we could have seen miguel before he was broken but in a way it's more realistic to just you know, seen him that way from beginning to miserable end like that, like that. I mean, in a way that's really is more realistic. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, because, because those, that thing, that kind of thing tends to happen over time. Yeah. If, if he was going to break easily, he would never have made it to this point where there, there's only what, I don't remember how many of them there are living in these mines at the start of the, yeah, I think uh, Rhodes says something at one point. He's like, I've lost five men or something, and you've lost two, or may- it may be more than that, I forget. But he mentioned some numbers at one point where the soldiers have died way more than the scientists or the kind of civilian-y kind of people that are in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, if if you know your class of people you, that you're, you're a part of is is, you know... Dropping like flies. That's not gonna. That's not gonna help you. No matter if you are getting the, getting the pretty lady in the in the cellar. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working out for you. Um, it's a. It's a lot of pressure. It's. Yeah. A, it's probably a lot of pressure to be, the dude that's dating the only woman down there too. Yeah, which kind of you know would lead me to believe that he's kind of one of the more sensible soldiers, of the of that. Uh, of that group. So uh-huh. at one point, you know, he's probably a really nice guy and probably like really, you know, cool. But like, once it gets to that, I mean, like they're just shitting on him, you know, it's like piling on is, is one of the big yeah. things. And it, it's almost like him, him dating Sarah is, uh, some of the cause for their animals. Very, yeah. Very possible. Very possible. So. Especially as animalistic and like that toxic masculinity you were talking about, um, especially steel who there's a story kind of thing that I want, I hope I can bring up before we finish, but like steel and Rickles and you know, those guys, I, I think they're great. I uh, steel, especially I think is great. Um, as that kind of, it's like, man, Rhodes is terrible. Um, but he's, you know, like, look who's below him. Like, if 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 Rhodes dies, you get steel. Like that. That's yeah. not much of an upgrade, who, if, if at all. <laughs> who? Yeah, might be more unhinged. But you get that moment where um, Sarah's leaving the meeting, and Rhodes is like, "Steel, shoot that woman!" And he's like, "Bang, you're dead." And he's like, "No, I mean, fucking, literally, fucking shoot her." And the steel's like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like, you know, bro, are you, are you 
pulling my dick, bro? I'm like, you really want me to? He's like, you shoot her or I will fucking shoot you. And I think that was like the first kind of glimpse we get into a, as far as steel goes, like a kind of um, other side. Yeah. yeah. And we get another thing when he dies where he does like the sign of the cross before he kills himself. Um, and like, how did you feel about steel as a character? Let's talk about him before I get to what I would have liked for that to been. Uh, I'm sorry. Ask me that again. I'm going to put an edit marker here because I had to burp. Okay. 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 Here we go. How do you feel about Steel as a character? Um, so I, I, I mean, I already kind of made the comment about that maniacal laugh he gets and Mm -hmm. it's i i I thought it adds something to to show how far gone everybody is mentally at this point yeah it's kind of you know it's almost like a gallows humor they um when everybody gets back on the helicopter and he's like come on we got to get a couple more for the dock and uh they get on the golf cart to go that way and they're like woohoo yeah <laughs> just cackling evil right. and you know like a crazy people yeah and then later when something doesn't go exactly right it goes from this maniacal laughter to this insane rage yes and yes. and it's it's i i feel like it's very authentic to people living in this um everyday trauma uh so, I I like I liked him as a character. I thought I thought he was um, a little over the top, mm-hmm. but I, I felt like everything was justified. Um, my one thing that I wish uh could have been, you know, maybe I mean maybe in Romero's original one there was this. I don't know, but like, uh. I wish that there had been a turn for steel or, or if not steel somebody, I feel like he's the better one for it. Like, uh, from, from the kind of heel guy to, to more of a, a hero. And I feel like he oh. could have really fit in there because he shows that pause when Rhodes wants him to shoot Sarah and, uh, something towards the end, uh, to, just to redeem him a little bit. He does it, you know, with, when he kills himself, you show he's got some kind of religious side, you know, whether it's a turn on Rhodes, like he, he's yelling at Rhodes when Rhodes, you know, leaves them to die essentially when the hordes coming in, um, whether it's helping Sarah and John and McDermott as they run into the caves, throwing them a gun. I mean, something I feel like would have, would have been balanced, balanced him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think him, especially more than Miguel, more than Rickles, more than, but him specifically, since he was one of like the bigger hard asses, but like, we got a hint like, like the, he has that line in the sand that he won't go across. So, and then I think knowing that, like he didn't have to turn completely good guy, but like, if we got that glimpse, something like when he did have to kill himself, it would have meant even more 
I think. So that's that's my one thing in the movie that I would have loved to have seen. It's just something like that. Uh, Romero would have known better than me. I, I'm just kind of waxing uh, hypothetical or whatever, but uh, I think that would have been you, you interesting. Would, you know, in, in all the... The BS environment that we live in now. Mm-hmm. If this movie came out now, would would there be people boycotting it for how poorly it depicted soldiers? Because without that kind of turn, like nobody gets, de- none of the soldiers get depicted in any right. I'd have to say maybe way. maybe Cooper the 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 original leader we don't even get to see except for his dead body. <laughs> They're like, oh, we thought Cooper was an asshole, but he was an angel compared to Rhodes. Um, that's the only kind of other thing except for that behavior from Steel, that pause from Steel. So, yeah, maybe I feel like a little something else from their side, a little bit more of a redemption thing. Like, but I mean, that's kind of the nature of the movie, I guess, right? Like, there's not a lot of redemption. There's not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel here. And... Um, that was kind of one of Siskel and Ebert's complaints was it's just hostility and nastiness and anger. And it's like, what do you, what would you expect in that kind of scenario? Unicorn farts and rainbow turds. The fucking magic leprechaun ain't shitting like loads down my throat while I'm, you know, in the fucking gullet of the earth hiding from evil. Are you serious? Like, come on. I, that annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> like you're underground for who knows fucking how long. Of course that's what it is. Like what do you, it's not about making like the most authentic story in, in a story sense, right? Like it's not supposed to be like the perfect movie. It's supposed to be this story, which is, this is the, this is the parameters of the story. You're underground for who, who knows how long at this point since dawn, since night of the living dead, it's going to be nastiness. It's going to be fucking hostility and anger, whether they were friends at the beginning, you know, even if they were friends at the beginning, it's going to be fucking hostile. You don't want to, it's not a, it's not a pleasant thing. Yeah. Like not a walk in their park. They're gone through. I, yeah, I just don't, that, 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 that rubs me the wrong way, Siskel, you fucking asshole. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've really never put much stock in, um, the critics. In what film critics say, yeah. I don't think to, you should. It means a lot much, it means a lot much more to me if, like, if the critic score is in the shitter, and the the fan score is you know through the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the fans usually. I spe- I mean, that, I feel like that was a bigger thing in the in the past, like especially in the Siskel and Ebert era. Um, but I mean, even Ebert had some some horror things where he lended credit to those reviews, and I'm like, wow, I can't really believe that. But I mean, obviously, this is not this is not one of them. Um, which bums me out that I feel like this is one of the more realistic zombie movies we got before, uh, more recent times. Um, before we got runners. 
<laughs> what did, uh, the last kind of story thing that I want to talk about is kind of zombie behavior and uh, the relationship of of Bub and Doctor Logan. And then let's get into some nostalgia corner stuff that I I cannot wait to talk about. Um, are are you getting ready to ask me if I thought Doctor Logan was banging Bub? Don't don't destroy my uh my one of my 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 favorite oh uh, uh, Dave Dave fan fiction did I <laughs> did I release the plot of your fan fiction God damn it now I gotta delete the full fucking geosites thing and then it's gonna you've, you've uh. destroyed weeks of my time Dave but what do you think about uh there being like that little bit of humanity or memory or you know learned behavior or whatever it is that's still kind of there but like. Uh, I mean, is it worth anything? Like, how do you feel about that whole, like, bub? Hello, Aunt Alicia. Here's the Walkman. What do you think about that? Like, how do you... Did it... I I, I think that the point here was... Uh, and I'm just kind of speculating because I can't ask old George. But I, I think the point here was that to to Dr. Logan was using the zombies. Um he wanted to train them to be servants or whatever like that. So in in a way and and maybe this is just me like I've I've said lots of times the the interpretations we put on movies sometimes says more about us than it says about the writer or the intended purpose, the intended meaning. Right. But is this, a, is this um, more, is this the next step from the, the critique of consumerism and Don to the, the critique of, is this a critique of capitalism here? Uh, or, or maybe not even capitalism. Maybe it's just to show the, Lack of humanity, but he talks about you know it almost almost giddy that oh maybe there's a spark of humanity left, but then when he's done with them, he turns off the light and leaves them in the dark. All right. Um, it's he feeds them the the scraps from corpses um uh, of soldiers. I, you know, I I think there's just a general callousness here. So, if there's a deeper meeting, I I don't know, but it it shows how far gone Logan is. Doctor Logan, uh, Doctor Frankenstein is here. See, I took that, that I took that a slightly different way, which is interesting. Oh, okay. So I took that as, uh, you know, like we hear that tape right of him being like. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, no, mommy, I'll put them away. Mommy They're the, uh, you know, uh, he has some kind of trauma that we don't quite know about. We get a little bit of a, that, but that's all we get. And I feel like he uh, kind of, uh, is acting in a way with the zombies and kind of retaliation against that where he is treating them better than maybe he was treated, you know, as a kid, like, 
you know, shutting the light off on the one where he's like, that wasn't very nice, you know. That wasn't very nice at all. You sit in the dark and you think about what you've done. And then he turns the light off. Like, where maybe Dr. Logan was like, you know, maybe he was beat to a pulp. And they're like, you little motherfucker, you will fucking blah, 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 you know, whatever. Like, something terrible. And, you know, I mean, we see it with Bub where... You know, I mean, he is given scraps, but I don't know, you know, I mean, what else could he really give him? But I mean, he is get he, Bub is getting some kind of treats and it's clear that Bub is getting, uh, you know, this kind of pupil, this star student kind of uh, approach. Like he's, he's the favorite zombie clearly, but uh, uh, that's how I kind of felt about Logan is, okay. uh, but I mean, I wish we could ask George to, he may be like, you're both fucking crazy. <laughs> right. Um, he'd probably be just like, nah, I just thought it's, I thought it sounded cool. Yeah. Um, and there was, uh, one of the, one of my favorite commentaries isn't even from, uh, George. It's from, uh, the, I forget his name. I feel terrible for forgetting his name, but he's, uh, he, he did, uh, killing Zoe. He's done he's done movies, but he did a kind of like a guest commentary for Day of the Dead. Um uh and he mentioned like he was like, I don't know if I've seen this or uh, he he hasn't seen this because it's not a thing that exists, but uh he mentions that he wishes or had thought he dreamed of you know, when Bub gets free. He goes to find Dr. Logan and be like, look, I broke my chain. I'm sorry. I broke my chain. And then, you know, he finds Logan dead towards the end. He, uh, wishes or thought or whatever, uh, manifested (laughs) that Logan was back from the dead and kind of essentially walks off into the distance with Bub. And I'm like, that would have been, that would have fucking made the movie for me. If we get just kind uh-huh. of, you know, it don't even have to be anything special. Just like show kind of like a, a shitty silhouette a little bit. And yeah, like uh, Mandy agrees. Maybe, maybe some, of, maybe some of him carried through to the, yeah, the like transformation. that yeah. would have, okay. uh, I feel like that would have made some kind of uh statement in it, in and of itself. And I re- I mean, their relationship I felt like was just deeper than scientist and like a piece of dead flesh. It just they were banging. Uh maybe. I mean <laughs> Did he know Bub? Potentially. Potentially I I mean Bub Bub uh, was one of the soldiers, right? I don't think he was one of the soldiers in the in the in the base in the basement. I thought he was just kind of like a civilian that had had been a soldier like whenever way before the occurrence of zombies is is the way I took it. Okay. Cuz see I I always thought he was one of the former soldiers that died and then he uh-huh. had, or got bitten and he's like working with him now. So remake but remake, I mean guys I, you have you have it, a pool it does, I guess it doesn't from. make sense that like the other soldiers didn't come in and they're not like why are you doing to private bug <laughs> right you know they they you know so 
Um, yeah, but I mean, there's that. Uh, let us know your guys' thoughts on the on the whole thing. Um, finally, finally, I want to touch on Dave. Uh, hold that thought. Actually, I gotta stop for a second. I gotta I gotta stop the proceedings because I gotta pee so bad. I'm putting a marker up. One of the last things that I want to bring up is something I always want to bring up in uh, some of these classic horror movies is I want to take a step into the nostalgia wing of the horror house. Um, And just, I want to, I want to know Dave, where did you see this movie for, for the first time? Do you remember? Like, do you have any nostalgia? Is it pulling on the nostalgia strings of your heart at all? Like where, uh, where does this movie sit in the nostalgia wing for Dave? I'm I'm sure this was a VHS rental. Um uh, I would guess 87 88. It, it just it used to take so long for movies to come from theaters to VHS. Um I've definitely watched this more than um than Don um mostly due to the licensing issues around Don. Um I I think I like Don better. I kind of go back and forth. I kind of go back and forth. Um, I I like Don better, but um, I I mean, Ramiro is one of the gods. Uh, uh, it, he is the zombie god. Yeah, I agree. Like like reincarnated in another life, he is a zombie. <laughs> um, but um, I. You know, this is great. I mean, I, I, I don't know how. Well, uh, I don't know where you would improve on this. I mean, when uh, it's probably impossible. When we get to our overalls, or maybe after our overalls, I think it would be interesting to see where each of us rate the original trilogy in what order. So, uh, let me make a note of that, and then let's let's come back to that rating of the OG trilogy. Um. Uh. I mean, any other nostalgia things that you feel for this one? Because I don't want to hog all of the nostalgia wing. Because I got a, I got a big, big collection here. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll let you um, feed that beast. Because okay. I don't want to, I don't want to go on too hard. But because I feel like I already have, but I just can't help it. I can't help it, Dave. That's too much. Um. I just, I, okay, here we go. Chris's nostalgia wing of the horror house. I remember the moment that I rented this movie. I remember even before that being scared of the cover of this movie in Walmart as a God, probably five-year-old maybe, which I probably would have been maybe around the time you watched it for the first time. (laughs) But I remember seeing the original cover and just being like, what the fuck is that? What is that? And then just, I just never, I started my kind of horror journey with monster vision and Joe Bob kind of a little bit later than that. And, uh, seeing night of the living dead and the remake and, uh, return of the living dead. And you know, some of those, I did not see Dawn before this one. I didn't even know that there were sequels to night of the living dead. I just thought it was night of the living dead and day of the dead for a minute. So, 
that's a whole nother story. I may have even told that in our Dawn episode, but uh, I remember we went to the VHS store and it's like you could rent so many for five bucks. And I remember grabbing Day of the Dead with my cousin Larry and it was 1998. Nice. I remember the exact nice. year. And I'm like, all right, this is it. And then the moment that it started, I, I we as a, you know, he was my horror buddy for years and we had never seen anything like this before. I mean, it wasn't like nightmare or Friday or Halloween. It immediately left an impression on me and him and both of us. And it just, the makeup, the effects, our jaws were on the floor completely from the start to the end. You know, every effect that came on the screen was better than the last one, the guts falling out. And then, and then there's Bob, like the first zombie that had ever had any kind of, you know, intelligence. Um, I can honestly say that I was mesmerized by this movie completely the first time I watched it. And I still, it's, it was one of the coolest movies I had ever seen. And then in the 25 years, whatever it's been since I've seen it last, I think it still is in that category of like, just one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. And one of, uh, one of the coolest movies I've ever watched in the horror house. Um, there's never been a movie that has captured me quite the way day of the dead did. Okay. And that is, that is my nostalgia wing. Like I remember the exact moment of picking up that, that clamshell VHS, you know, the plastic clear thing you'd pick up at the VHS store and just like, just feeling something that's a little bit, you know, like some of those people being like, I felt Christ in the air that night. I felt Romero as I picked up that, <laughs> that VHS he was calling yeah. for you. And then like, you know, putting it into the VHS and then just us sitting there being like, wow, this is mesmerized. Yeah. Did you blink? Did you even I blink? I don't know that I did. I don't know either one of us did. It was, it was one of the most magical like movie experiences of my life. And I, I shit, you know, I am pulling no dicks. That is the God's honest truth. And it is a fucking, it just, it hit on all cylinders when I watched it that time. It, it was the perfect, perfect movie for the perfect occasion for the, it just, no movie has ever quite lived up to that potential that this one. I, I think it's easy to see that and why you feel that way that the it's only this is what three years after dawn no uh but the the six or or is it just uh, two six 78 right okay. for dawn oh okay yeah but the 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 effects are so much better yeah. which so siskel can suck a dick about yes. that Recycled because effects. the effects are so much better Fuck them. the I hate that. Just the look of the zombies. Even like at the start when they're all just, hello, is anybody there? Yeah. And they come walk shambling out of the building. Some of them are a little bit low fi They just look. I mean, you get, then you get the bubs and some of the other ones where it's just like. You get the one with no jaw. Yeah, or the jaw Dr. Dr. Tongue. Uh, yeah. I, there is some legit yeah. zombies that have never been topped, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of unique you zombies. I mean, the special 
makeup effects in this. Savini, I mean, Savini himself has said this is his masterpiece, and I can't, I absolutely have agreed even before I heard him say that. Like, if you were to be, ask me, what is the movie I would want to watch for, like, top tier, like, just Tom Savini-ishness, I'd be like, Day of the Dead, man. That's end-all be-all for me. Um and I, it was just nice to hear him be like, that's, that's my masterpiece. And to know that he knows, like, mm-hmm. like some of the effects in this are beyond, I mean, even today, I feel like, and uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't, I no they, everything stands up. So we, when we watched it this week, I, I never felt like any of the effects felt dated. I didn't surprisingly, I didn't feel like the. The film itself, because this was, you know, 85, you're shooting on film still. I didn't feel like it, even that looked dated. There's a, you can tell it's not digital. Um, I love it. But I, 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 love I, that aspect. I thought it, I think it looks great. Yeah. I think it looks great. Um, so I, we just had to, I mean, it's hard to not talk about day and talk about the makeup because I mean, even Romero was like referring to Savini for like, camera angles and stuff like that it's like what you know how would you shoot this to make this look this effect look the best which is you know it makes me love Romero even more that he would be mm. that worried about you know okay so we're gonna cut the top of this guy's head off from the top of his teeth to the top of his head you know it's all that's gonna be left like how what would be how would you shoot this to show it the best like you know you may get some guys you know in kind of a more modern age that would be like, this is how we're going to shoot it. And you're going to work around what I think it should be. Yeah. And there's no ego with Romero. Yeah. Yeah. And especially now I, he, I, I love listening to Romero talk about his movies. It's so, it's so fucking good. And Savini too, Savini too. Um, but with that said, I mean, we could go on the, Picking our, you know, favorite effects and stuff. Like, I think they're all fucking top notch in this movie. I couldn't pick a favorite. Uh, they're just all, I just was blown away by all of them. And still, when I watch it now, I feel that nostalgia and remembering, you know, like, holy shit, there's where his guts fall out, or here's all of it. You know, here's the fucking body without the top of it. The whole head, the only thing that's left is the brain connected still to the body. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Still. (laughs) Um, Everything is good. That's why, that's why practical effects are so important. Yeah. Even today, even today, you, you know, you, you really need the blend today and that, and that's what the best movies are doing today, where it's a practical effect. With a with a CG touch up, so we can we can add some splatter, or we can do something in CGI that just cleans it up, or 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 adds depth. Yes, yes. With that, without the CG is the effect. It's it's a practical effect, and that's yeah. Everybody should be doing that. If you're not doing this, you're making a, a mistake. I agree, Dave. So, um, if there's not any other. Uh kind of parts uh anything else you want to bring up for uh the for this day of the dead what do you think we get into our overalls and rate this bitch all right i'm i'm ready for that go first my man i'm throwing it to you all right 
Ramiro, I, like I said, he is the god of zombies. Um, and Return of the Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, then Day of the Dead. Those are the best three zombie movies. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I got to squeeze Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead in here somewhere, too. Um, that is a fucking phenomenal movie. Um, so there's four and then probably five might be 28 days later. Those, those are my top five zombie movies. Fair. Totally fair. That, that need, to, you know, maybe I play with, uh, the order a little bit or especially depending on my mood. Do I want that classic or do I want a runner and the dread that comes with that? That may be a horror um, house episode one day is like, what are the top five? Maybe. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a great movie. I've come a long way, Chris. I've come a long way from the end of season one and, and the start of season two, where like everything, my range on a scale of one to 10, my range was really like an eight to 10. Right. So everything fell in that range. Don't break my um, heart, Dave. I, I feel like you're getting ready to break my yeah. heart. I, like I, I went didn't want to kill, you know, half I, of your I, children. I, I didn't want to kill this one kid of yours to spare the other one, but that was my only choice. <laughs> I'm like, I understand. I went, <laughs> I went back to Don. I scored Don an eight. I don't, and I'm, I'm looking at that today, and I'm like, the fuck? How the, how the fuck was Don just an eight? So I scored this one an eight because I, I mean I I don't know how Don only got an eight. What the, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me that day, <laughs> but I but it I like Don better because the situation and the story, right. definitely not because of the filmmaking and the effects. It filmmaking and effects are much better in this show. With this one, I mean, Sarah is is a much better character than Galen her Ross. female counterpart and Don. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Franny, that's her name. Franny. Tell yeah. Me a yeah. Although the, they're very much in the same yeah, vein. Uh, yeah. I feel like they're similar enough to belong in that universe. Yeah. So Ramiro is probably the God of zombies and the God of, Adam Sandler movies because <laughs> he also likes, he's the original like, nope, give me 20 good actors and I'll put them in everything. Oh, I can't have that actor? Well, I'll just take the same character, rename it, put it in the new movie and new situation. Which is kind of neat. It, was, it would be kind of neat to take like three character archetypes, maybe even have them played by the same person and just Make three movies where the situations are different, but it's the same character in those situations. Right. And and see mm-hmm. how that changes things. Um, not to I don't want to jump into your overall at all, but uh in Infinite Warfare Zombies, they kind of did that a little bit with the you know, you had the four characters, but in each different movie, like one would maybe be the jock in this one, but in the next one they would be this different you know, kind of mm-hmm. archetype. So 
I mean, that just came to my brain as you were saying that. I was like, that actually could be, that could be a cool kind of thing to see in a, in a movie, in a series. Like just, just to like a, you could probably do it as an anthology. Like, okay, let's, we're going to make yeah. three 30 minute stories, same actor playing the same character, but we change the okay. situation Netflix. and then we see how the characters develop. Yeah, I would watch that. Uh, let's do it. Patent it. Ca- copyright. So where uh, I kind of jumped into. I declare copyright. So I, uh, I, I, I yield the field back to you. I'm so sorry. Um, but continue, my friend. Um, I, that's that's it. I, I'm going to finish as an eight, mainly because Don was an eight and eights overall. I feel like they're right there, but um, I, I also thinking, how the hell did I end up so low? I think. <laughs> I think that must I might have been in my right. overcorrect period at that time where I was like, no, I'm gonna be a, gonna be so fucking hard on these movies. And then I overcorrected a little bit. So, so the next season I'm gonna have this rating system down, people. I'm I'm telling you. I I think I I think I've just kind of fallen into this kind of the moment. Okay. I'm the moment man. Like whatever the moment feels like is where I'm going. And uh uh that said, I know that nothing can ever be perfect because if something was perfect, like how does mm-hmm. anything stand up to that? How do you rate anything against perfect? How does anything ever top perfect? You uh, but if if you're the moment man, anything can be perfect at any time for any reason. Um and I know that I've rated, uh, <laughs> I know that I've rated Chud Two Bud the Chud a ten out of ten, and I'm pretty sure that I rated Dawn of the Dead uh, as a part of the Romero OG trilogy a ten out of the ten, a ten out of the ten. I'm bored at now. Um, so that said, there's no way at all that I could have ever rated Day of the Dead less than ten out of ten. Um, the nostalgia of it first off, the effects of it second off, the story of it, the desperation, the nastiness. Hold on, what did uh, what did uh, Siskel and Eber say? The uh, nastiness and hostility and anger among the human beings who fight e- fight against each other. They just um, don't understand because man. they, can't, they especially, don't especially yeah, especially now after some certain dark events in our timeline. Right. Uh, it makes more sense than ever that that could actually be kind of a reality. Um, I already had a love for horror, and this movie took me to a different level. And I know I kind of, I want I want to say that Return is my favorite, because these came out mm-hmm. around the same time. Return Living Dead, that is. Um, but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of copping out, Dave. I'm kind of copping out. I can't. I'm kind of going back on what I said now. But I have kind okay. of a rationale, and that's that. You know, Return of the Living Dead is kind of a romp, and it's kind of like this party yep. movie. And I don't think the effects are nearly as good as the not even the same ballpark. If I'm being honest, um, 
And then Day of the Dead is much more serious and much more dark and much more bleak. And the effects are just out no of this world. No titties. Um, and no titties. Listen, I think Sarah is a catch. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I don't care what. Yeah. I mean, still gray-haired Sarah. She, sign me up. Yeah, she's still what, what she's doing, still man? all right. What are you doing? Uh, the, she's rocking them mom jeans, and I think I had written down and I trashed it because it was uh, dumb. But I think I called her Indiana Sarah because she has the mom jeans and the leather jacket at the <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, kind of. Right. I can see that. Um, but I, I, there's so much. I mean. I don't know that I can really write one or the other. They have to be separate entities. And I rate, I rate, I have to rate this 10 out of 10. You know, the, uh, the whole Romero original trilogy, like the whole thing is just 10 out of 10. There, uh, it just, one feeds into mm-hmm. the other, feeds into the other, an upgrade, an upgrade to this, to that. It just keeps upping itself to me. And, uh, I got to say, you know, as far as favorites go, like you said, yours is Dawn, and I, I can't, I can't fa- find any fault in that. I, Dawn is amazing, yes. but for me, it has and always yeah, will I'm be sure. day. But if there was a third person here right now that said theirs was night, I couldn't fault them. I'd be like, I totally understand it. It take, I get it. And even if they said, like, oh, no, I mean, I love Night, but I meant the Savini remake. I'd be like, I fucking, I understand. I get it. Because <laughs> I kind of put that in the Romero trilogy, like, as kind of that, you know, continuation, that aside, okay. kind of. Like, it's a, it's part of it, but, uh, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can include it. It'd be, I include it, but if you don't, I understand. Um, and you included the, the Dawn remake with, with Zack Snyder. I, yeah, I think I accept that too. Okay. Because that's the next continuation, right? The, you know, um, but uh, yeah, to me, day of the dead is, is just magic. It's magic filmmaking. It's a magic story. The effects, the whole fucking thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- what a, what a better way to end a season than Day of the Dead, the OG. Like I could, I could talk about this for another fucking solid hour, like uh, like our uh, return episode from season one. But I love this movie. I love the story, the effects. It just this movie just hits me on a different. This is the wavelength. It just it. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your yeah. nostalgia there. This is the kind of movie we need a watch party for. Because there's so much that we um, that we could just yeah. talk about as it as it happened. Maybe maybe we need to start doing that. Maybe uh we have some s- subscription options, uh, Rabble. So I mean if that's something you were interested in, there's some watch parties or some Maybe some Chris and Dave commentaries for some movies. Let us know. Um, fuck it, Dave. Tell them where they can let us uh, know. You can send us a message on Twitter at Sweetness1 or at Horror House 2. 
two? Number the two. The number two. The <laughs> you can email us whorehousepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the old whorehouse Facebook page. Uh, you could leave us a voicemail so we can hear directly from your mouth what you think or what you'd like us to, to uh, do in the future. And you can do that on anchor.fm forward slash horrorhouse. And finally, if you would rate us on whatever pla- on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have some friends that love horror, maybe they're into podcasts, maybe they're new to podcasts, let them know about your old whorehouse boys, Chris and Dave. Load us up on your phone, throw it at them, throw it at their face. And then, yeah. Just spread the horror house word. We would love you for it. Um, yeah, man. Just spread the word, and we'll keep doing what we're doing. And yeah, I think I think that about. I think we're coming to an end on season. It, three, it was Dave. a good um, season. Uh, we're going to be getting together and uh, taking a hard look at ourselves where we can. Maybe improve yeah, something some just shoulder a little shaking. bit more for you and give you a little bit. But give us that feedback. Give us those likes. Give us those listens so that we can yeah. get some If there's stuff any episode topics, movies, uh, you know, ghost or UFO topics, kind of paranormal or UFO topics, those kind of things, let us know. Because I, I kind of, those are some of my favorite episodes where we have to... Take a take a week or two and do some research and honestly, those have been some of our our best episodes. Mm. That uh, our most uh, uh, what would you what would you say our our some of our biggest reaching episodes uh, are those kind of realistic yep. kind of story reporting kind of it's and some of the most of interesting so, to do so. Yeah. So if you want to hear some more of that, if you want to hear some of your favorite movies, uh, just let us know. You know where to you know where to talk to us at. So, are we going to do Land of the Dead next season, or I mean, where do we go from with Romero from here? I mean, do we? I mean, I don't feel like I'll be honest, Dave. I don't know that the ones after Day live up to the maybe, potential. Maybe. Maybe we need to do Night Riders. Dude, I watched uh I've seen Crazies and I've seen Martin. Yeah, we could do Crazies. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Even the even the Crazies remake isn't bad. I know we saw that in the theater yep. together back in the day. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. That's one of our but that's one of our comfort movies, man. I do too. That is a scary movie to me because I did the the uh, disaster kind of thing uh-huh. reenactment like uh role player kind of thing and it's so spot on. It's so spot on with how they do that. It's creepy. Um I kind of don't want I feel like I feel like I kind of don't want the season to end. Like we're close to the end of another season and it's just like we're not I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end yet. 
You're gonna have to. Whenever you're have to God kick me closes out. one door, he opens up the basement door so the monsters can come up and get you. Something like that. I know I, there's something like that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh man! So here we are, the end of season three. I hope you guys have had fun, Dave. I hope I have not hogged up all the airwaves like I feel like I usually do. Um. There, th those are my final words. I have had so much fun, and I will continue to have fun in the horror house. I love, I love doing this, um, and I love all you guys for listening, Dave. I love you for also listening to my bullshit. I love you, man. Um, Let's get out in the street, Dave. Fight it out. I'm ready. I uh, no, no, no. That that may be why I don't <laughs> want the season to end. <laughs> Dave, final words. Uh, you know, hit us up, share us. Give us that input. We really want to hear from you. We're just two dudes out here trying to produce something, some uh, comment, have a good time. And, uh, you know, it's not what we want. It's the consumer. It's all about the horror, man, and the horror family. Horror community, if you will. I like, I like that. Horror fam. The horror fam. Yeah, we're all in this. I, you know, I that's that's one thing that uh, we actually haven't talked about uh, a whole lot. But I mean, there is this whole online just kind of horror community, and you may not, uh, you know, like, you know, maybe I'm in in into Day of the Dead. Maybe you're into Dawn of the Dead. I insert your favorite kind of movies, whatever. But there was in every online kind of community that I've been a part of over the years with horror fans, there's just been like this cool respect that everybody's always had with each other. That's not been a thing in other online communities that I've been a part of music, you know, like music communities, bands and stuff like, and other movies, like it's just not so much a thing, but in the horror I like Metallica. Fuck you! Online, it's just—it's Megadeth, man. Yeah, I only jerk off to Megadeth. <laughs> I like—I like that Ghost yeah. Ghost Dub. If you're not listening to Ghost Dub, man, it's—it's it's trash. <laughs> but I—I'm the horror community online is just a, is super cool and super uh, accepting and just friendly and they're just super cool um and i'm not just saying this so they'll retweet our shit i mean but am i see i'm putting some intrigue on it so hopefully like even the hardcore people will be like listen i thought they were assholes and pandering at first but then he said like maybe they weren't and then i like that's them. all it takes like maybe yeah <laughs> all right i'm out that's it for me dave for real uh, we'll be back before you know it. Season four. Season, season four. four. Season four. Season yeah. four. Chris, four is one of my lucky numbers. I think I think we got good things coming. I love it. We will see you guys in season four. Later, dudes. I'm out.
that ain't lo-fi, bitch. That's that's 